0: Press A to cancel. Welcome, folks. Today I have caught myself a sick Jake, and it is level six. It's about to be level 7 because he's about to educate me on something that I've never heard of before. So, welcome to Tap B. We're doing a mini cast today. I, I uh, stole, kidnapped Stick Jake so he could educate me on... What are we talking about again?
1: But Apparently, whatever it is, got to be amusing and funny. So, uh, I don't know if I can to this kind of pressure.
0: Damn right. That's right. Come on. We're,
1: we're going to talk about... Uh, <laughs> so, so I mean, one of my favorites of all the games, we actually did an episode on this upcoming is on Link to the Past Legend of Zelda for the SNES. Fantastic game. It's a solid number 2 for me. But I'm not here to rag on that game. Um solid number 2. I like it. It's <laughs> something that Nintendo released uh in Japan only was exclusive. Was basically a spin-off to Link to the Past and almost nobody's played it and it's a bit interesting why. So I kind of want to talk about The Legend of Zelda Ancient Stone Tablets released only in Japan.
0: Okay. So, first off, how come it wasn't released over
1: here? So, the main reason is uh, hardware, which is, I guess, common for a lot of Nintendo stuff. We don't, get North America, get all the stuff that is released in Japan. And this one device was called Zotelaview. Uh, have you ever heard of that before? Zotelaview? I heard of it before. I
0: think it was because my friend was actually telling me about it year like years ago. Years ago in internet time, you know, like so probably like six, eight months ago. <laughs> um, I believe his name was Sick Jake, actually. And he told me about this. No, uh, I think, uh, yeah, you mentioned it to me once before.
1: Yeah, I think I brought it before. So it was like
0: satellite. So I'm going to go with it. And it's like something to do with the satellite that uploads game or something like that. Like it's something I never heard of before. So, yeah, you're going to have to tell me you're going to edumacate me. This is this is all about edumacation for us right now.
1: Learning is fun. That's that's just the fundamental here. But uh, so so satellites. Yes. So basically it's a satellite TV service. I mean, obviously, we had that in North America. But, of course, Japan has to one-up us and everything electronic. So it started, I guess, with Nintendo had the first Teleview system. And what it is is it's it's satellite TV. You have your news, you know, your weather, TV shows. But also the capability to send down games to you to play. And, like, when I say that, people are thinking, like, uh, From the gods. well, Or they're thinking, like, Nintendo's online service, right? Or, you know, you're downloading a ROM and you're playing the game locally whenever you want that's available online. It's not like that at all. This is a broadcast satellite system, literally satellite TV. So you can only play the games they beam at you during that one hour, two hour block. Literally a games oh, wow. broadcast. Yeah. And that's what made this really interesting. So there was a Satellite for the, uh, the NES and there was a, um, a spin off of that called BS Zelda, but we're not going to talk about that one. We're going to talk about the second generation of the system for the SNES or Super Fannycom, over there. And over there, the company, St. Giga, who are the ones who operates the teleview service, published it's kind of like a spinoff or a side story to link to the past. Exact same engine, a lot of the same power ups, right? A lot of similarities, but a different story. And it was all done through the system. And there's a few things that are amazingly unique about it. And it's shocking that nobody's played it. But I guess you said, why has nobody played it? Yes, we didn't get the system over in, in North America, sure. But what made this really stand out is it didn't use your usual Super Nintendo sound chip or for music. Um, Music was actually broadcast to you live as you played the game. So, Paul, I had you watch a clip just before we started recording. And uh, right away, you said, this sounds amazing.
0: I think my actual words were, holy shit, this is the game audio?
1: (laughs) Yeah, and it's amazing because it's not on Super Nintendo hardware. It's a a broadcast signal. It's an orchestrated soundtrack, uh, basically That comes when you stream in the game. And that's the thing. So basically the way this came out, uh, BS, The Legend of Zelda, Ancient Stone Tablets, was basically a game split into four episodes, 60 minutes long. And you got a chance to play each of those episodes weekly, once every week. Miss an episode, you miss playing it. Um, They did one rebroadcast a year later in 1998. But after that, it's gone. So there's only a very limited window to actually play this Interesting game. Basically two rounds of broadcast. And during that broadcast, you, that hour block, you had to start right at the beginning. Otherwise, you'd miss some content or miss some time to play. The audio was streamed along with it, that time block. So it's not in the regular Zelda game. You know, you go into a dungeon, the music changes. You go into that, you know, uh, fortune teller, the music changes. Not with this game. In this game, the soundtrack is pre-recorded all the way through. And it plays live as you're playing through the game. And that's what was really striking. That's why it's much higher quality, but it's less interactive.
0: Right. If you heard any of it, like I just listened to like a snippet of it just to hear it, and I don't care. The <laughs> it, it was it was that good that I think that just added to it to me. That was and it was so different because it's just like, hey, this is a concept I've never seen before. So all of a sudden, damn. I, okay, I get behind this.
1: <laughs> well, what also made it really interesting is that the game of has a story. It's fairly basic. But there is characters in the game, and although they don't, I mean, they have dialogue in the game, written dialogue, but there's also narration. There's, they Basically, they pop up throughout random parts of the episode, and they talk. Um, some of it's silly, uh, like the the ancient wise men saying, you know, uh, hero, hero, you're going to have more magic power for the next 10 minutes, and that you actually hear that, that voice, that narration telling you, and then sure enough, you have magic power doubled for the next 10 minutes. Or, oh, you know, nice. the fortune tellers like, I see Princess Zelda's in trouble. She's in trouble in the plains, So you run to the plains area of the map that you have access to, and sure enough, she's being attacked by some knights or soldiers, whereas five minutes before, she wouldn't have been there. So there's kind of that time-based events that spring on you as you're playing. And again, if you, for some reason, came to the episode late in the broadcast, you miss all that. Or if, you know, they tell you, uh the mini game is now open there's like a bunch of bit of mini game like pot smashing and and all kinds of weird crazy mini games but they're time-based and if you miss the window to play them you miss out on them and you miss out on heart pieces so it was was a little bit more interactive time-based for which is interesting
0: so it's a lot more restrictive in the fact that you know you can't just sit down and play it pop it in the cart like you would any other game right
1: Right. You and you only had basically the, those two broadcasts to play. The once nine ninety seven, there's that four weeks, and it was episodes one, two, three, and four. And then the following year they did it again, a rebroadcast. But if you missed any of those weeks and those time slots, then you didn't get to play. It's it was the weirdest the weirdest thing.
0: <laughs> I yeah, I think that's pretty cool though, just for the fact that, you know, it's something different that I've never I never heard of, never I would have been like mad as a kid because I would have missed out on stuff and I'd be like, oh but I really like the concept because it's kind of forcing you to sit there, be part of it. So you have to schedule your time, you know, which sucks. You can't just do it whenever you want. And Like you said, if you miss it, you miss it. So that sucks. But at the same time, I do kind of like the fact that it's like we're forcing you to be part of our world. You have to play by our rules. There's no way around it. I kind of like that. You know, it's not something I want to see for every game, but I think that's, in this case, this makes me want to try it really
1: really bad. It was definitely a generation thing, too, because, I mean, nowadays I have two kids, and you think they understand what a concept of a TV schedule is? No. (laughs) It's all on Netflix, on (laughs) demand, on YouTube, on demand. They don't understand the concept of stuff not being able to watch it because it's not on at that time. Uh, So this kind of game harkens back to that, which is interesting.
0: That's... i like that though that that's also back then you know the same thing you had to watch tv shows and stuff unless you recorded them And i had quite the collection of vhs tapes with the simpsons on it so (laughs) (laughs) i i was already preparing myself for the future
1: oh i was i was doing the same thing i was using those betamaxes to record various tv shows the quality was crap but hey
0: (laughs) (laughs) wait i thought beta was better than vhs
1: well, yeah, it was better than VHS, but it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're recording it off TV, it was still pretty crappy.
0: <laughs> well, at least you can, you know, pause one and pause the recording when you're getting commercials and then unpause it. It was amazing if you actually took the effort to do that. Just just saying.
1: Yeah, well, I was well, like... Anyways, eight. I digress. But anyway, yeah, we're off track. That's okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but okay, so limited window to actually play this thing. Um, like, I mean, is very rare. I mean, in today's age, most video games from retro have been dumped by the community and are available as ROMs, right? Emulation is a huge thing, right? But this, the access to this ROM was so limited because you had to have been one of those people who back then 97, 98 actually had this to tell of you and actually downloaded that broadcast and saved it on your machine. That's what made it really difficult. Thankfully, there are people who did keep things, uh, keep track of the files. They had the files available. They, ha- they held on to them. And as emulation tech kind of advanced a bit, they found ways to, incorporate the the time mechanics, because for the longest time, that 60-minute window was relying on the televiews hardware to basically work. Finding a way around that was very difficult and challenging, but they did it. So that was like one part of the puzzle. But recently, I think it was 2017, I believe it was, as you start seeing a feature for emulators called um, MSU1, which basically lets you have external audio soundtracks to your Nintendo games, your Super Nintendo games. So, I see a lot of this. So, when you said the music is great, you can actually do that with certain games today. Um, there are people who put together soundtracks for Link to the Past, Chrome Trigger, Final Fantasy VI. Like, or, they've taken all the best orchestrated versions and covers of those songs and they've built it as MSU files. You can import into your emulator to play with the orchestra soundtrack to those games. It's actually really fun.
0: Hmm.
1: That's pretty badass. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. So, that, that's one piece of the puzzle. The other part is like a lot of like the stone tablets, the way it functioned was there was the narrator, but it was Japanese. I mean, this is a Japanese content. So, I mean, you could technically emulate it and somebody could have a recording of the broadcast, but nobody can understand it. But don't let that Dieter fans. What do the fan communities do? They translated the audio. They actually got a, a few actors together. I mean, it's not going to win an Oscar, <laughs> but it's still pretty good. <laughs> they got a bunch of people together to record all the dialogue in English.
0: We're talking about mid to late 90s. You know, there was nothing, even the pro stuff for voice acting back then was questionable at best. So, I mean, come on. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, so, I, I think if they do a, like a mediocre job, they're on par for the rest of the stuff. So, this, that's great.
1: I mean, I think they nailed it. I mean, this was recorded, it must have been 2017. The, the mod itself, I think, was released in 2018. So, it's fairly recent that you could actually play it this way. But the fact that fans actually took the time to... Translate and then re record their own English audio of this narration for Stone Tablets. It's the closest you're going to get to playing authentic unless you speak Japanese. So I think it's just, it's amazing.
0: And I think, you know, we talked about um, the randomizer and stuff like that for A Link to the Past before. Right. And I think that just, that alone kind of blew my mind to think of, like, okay, this is all done by fans. So again, with this, it's another thing all done by fans. It's always like, it's, like, a passion project, so I, I kind of respect it even more. Like, Link to the Past is not my favorite Zelda game. <gasps> I know, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but, uh... Like, it's still a great game. I love how much of it uh, influenced future games, but I started seeing after a while like how much all these fans... Like, it's rabid fans, you know, people... It's like Star Wars, but, you know, not, not this big a community. <laughs> and... The fact that they go out of their way to do this, it shows dedication to like the franchise, to the characters, to the story. And I think that's amazing to see.
1: And like, it's influential, too, as well, to future Zelda games, right? Like A lot of people don't realize, but there's some ideas in Stone Tablets like definitely ended up in other Zelda games, and nobody's played this game before. Um, things like... Uh, so there was a sequel to Link to the Past on the 3DS. I, I believe it's 3DS. I think Parallel Worlds is what it was called. And the big mechanic for that game was you didn't get your dungeon items in the dungeons. You actually rented them from a shop, and they could use them wherever you want. That was, like, the big thing. But in stone tablets, they had a variation of that. So in, the, in that in stone tablets, you could actually go to a store, and you could rent the shovel. Uh, or you could rent an upgraded sword. The way progress handled week to week was a little bit tricky, because it was technically separate games, right? But they still wanted you to have a way to get the upgraded sword each week. So they had the store. You can pay, I think it's 200 rupees, and you had 10 minutes of level three sword. Or you had you know, 15 minutes of the shovel. So you had like basically the renting of items, which is something that was in the sequel, which is just, I think, is really cool.
0: And then certain publishers caught on to that 10 years later, and then bam, DLC is born. <laughs> <laughs> That's Zelda add-on, yeah. That's Zelda add-on. Yeah. That's no, this is the more you tell me about it the more I want to check it out and I'm not like I said I'm not the biggest Zelda fan but the fact that they did it this way really makes me want to see what they did with it because the music alone after just seeing that snippet of like the audio blew me away.
1: And like the audio is amazing and it really factors into the gameplay like when you're playing through and you're working through like the initial dungeon the first time you hear the fortune teller say you know I I sense I sense and build of magic. I sense some building of magic. You're going to have magic happen now. And all of a sudden, Bombo spell erupts on the screen. Like, you don't have the spell. You can't use it. But suddenly, because the narrator told you it's going to happen, it happens on the screen. Right? <laughs> That's awesome. It's pretty funny. Or things like, you know, oh, you're going to have unlimited arrows for the next little while. and Like, you do. You end up having unlimited arrows. So the way they factor the narration with the gameplay was great. But the, the dungeons themselves, I mean, this was not meant to be a difficult or challenging game. And because each episode was only 60 minutes, and I think it was eight tablets in total, so you had to get two tablets each episode. So it, not speed running, but you had to rush w- your way through a lot of these. Um, it did reward exploration if you could pull it off with heart pieces and more money, which all kind of factored into your score at the end of the four weeks. Mm-hmm. But the dungeons themselves are a lot shorter. Definitely inspired by the originals and linked to the Past. More like remixes. Um, okay. Some differences, though, like... <laughs> we'll yeah, that that's, post.
0: that's my alarm yeah yeah that's my alarm saying hey do a podcast yeah well working on
1: it <laughs> yes i mean there were other gameplay changes as well uh one of the things that linked the past which is always odd to me was you could always tell if a wall wom- uh, a wom that's a word if a wall was bombable or not because it was cracks on it right that's in a few zelda games but the original zelda game that if you want to know you could bomb wall or not you had to poke with your sword and it make a a sound or a noise. Otherwise, you wouldn't know. And Stone Tablets, they brought that back. There's a lot of hidden rooms, completely optional. You don't need to do them at all, again, because money in this game is more of a score thing. So they hit a lot of hidden rooms where if you had the bombs and you had time to spare, you could find them and get a higher score. But you had to look for them, actively find them, checking each room. It was really quite interesting. Um, Nice. A lot of the characters were repurposed, the, the plot is fairly light. Um, you are not playing as Link. You're not Link. The The, the hero of time has moved on, apparently. You're more... <laughs> you, you get to play a male or female. Uh, you're basically meant to be the avatar of the game player. And through some happenstance, you get warped into the land of Hyrule. And uh, you end up running into Zelda, who's obviously in trouble, as always. And then... <laughs> do, you, do you remember the wise man's name from Link to the Past?
0: Oh. Uh, yeah.
1: That's the guy. Yeah. So... He's not in it, but his younger brother, Agna, is. <laughs> so at least they can be somebody you can pronounce. It's a lot better. Nice. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you're basically collecting the stone tablets and basically unlocking Ganon and taking out Ganon. So the bosses are the same, but it's a remix of the dungeons, all much more compact and timely. So you, you can actually beat the game. Uh, I think I want say you can beat it within three and a half hours. Like, it's, again, okay, it 60 cool. minutes max per each episode, right? So you have to run out the first three episodes. And then the last one you can you can clean up, it, I think in the last thirty minutes of the of the time frame.
0: So this game was not have You heard is what like, <laughs> is what you're trying to tell me.
1: No, no, it was it was it was pretty easy. But just the experience of the audio, the narration, and the extra gameplay is just funny. Um, and like it's a different mechanics. There so things like you know glove. The glove in the original game was you know meant to lift up the stones. You had level two and three. They actually added a one special glove, like level zero. I think it's called. And it only lets you lift one stone on the screen once. And you can't use it again until you switch screens. So they kind of <laughs> change things a little bit. Um, That's cool, though. Yeah, I thought that was really really interesting. I mean, it's a fantastic game. And again, it, it only exists today because of, like you said, the rabid fan base. It's just unbelievably like, oh, a, a game, a Zelda game I haven't played before. It's only exists for two brief windows like 20 years ago. Yeah, okay, let's put that together.
0: And for me, I I don't know a lot about technology, especially like you know if you don't have the Super Nintendo in front of you and a cartridge to go into it, it was kind of beyond me. So the fact that this was done through like a satellite, like satellite TV, it kind of blows my mind because I I just think of satellite TV as more channels. That's that's it. So right. this <laughs> it's the fact that they were this advanced with that kind of blows my mind because all I'm thinking of is you know, other games that were out around that era. So I'm like N64 was on the horizon. Let's rock <laughs> or already out, I guess, by then.
1: Yeah, but it's definitely a window into what technology be like in the future. I mean, this would be basically pre-internet for the most part in terms of what people use the internet for today with streaming video and gameplay. This is all done on the satellite system, you know, years ago. So it's quite, it's a window for sure. Um, So anybody who's interested in it? I'm going to just shout out the the website you can find information on. It's bszelda.zeldalegends.net. And you can find instructions on how to basically download the translated files and get them downloaded. It's about a gig. It's not small. uh, And the instructions are a little bit cumbersome. Again, this is a very unique type of emulation you're doing, but well worth picking up the game uh, where you can find it and the files to try it out. It's definitely, if you're a Zelda fan, you got to play this. Sweet.
0: Can we leave that in there? I'm not sure if we're... Would we'll be like getting a cease and desist from Nintendo, putting that on
1: or no? Well, I mean, this. I have no idea. The wiki that I gave, gave doesn't tell you how to get the ROM files, I think. Okay. Or maybe it gotcha. does. I don't know. Shh. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> I mean, it's, what are they going to do? Release it next week? I mean, this is a game that Nintendo will never release officially. They just. Yeah, exactly. They're just not going to. That's why it's so important that it's actually been archived, I guess, in a way. Like, I'm always big about the retro archival and saving these games yeah. that big corporations. I mean, they realize they can make money off some of them, but not this one. So we still want to save it. Yeah, that's fair. All right, man. Thanks a lot.
0: Cool. So, yeah, man, thank you for having me. Thank you for edumicating me because, I, you know, all I was, I'm i just kind of here sitting with my my hands under my chin and just wide-eyed and listening. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> all right. But, uh, yeah, thanks. So this has been press B to cancel. I mean, what, tap B to halt. another mini cast so everybody else is still involved of course anybody who's listening it's not just me and jake from now on but uh maybe we'll we'll get together in the future and talk about something else on a random topic so yeah thanks for coming jake
1: yeah thanks a lot otherwise check out our main podcast press b to cancel every bye weeks no that's not a term every two weeks
0: (laughs) every bye weeks we're gonna say that from now on we're gonna make it a thing Oh, I need How often does it come out every bi-weeks. Every bi-weeks. <laughs> this is a new word
1: now. Special thanks for music go to Arthur the Ancient found on SoundCloud or the Last Ancient on YouTube. For more episodes, please visit our website pressb dot com. As well, feel free to like or subscribe at Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else you like to listen to your favorite shows. As always, thank you. This has been.
0: Press to